On Saturday, a Brazilian Deliveroo rider made international news after he was seriously injured on the M50 when he was hit by a Garda car. João Ferreira, a 23-year-old who moved to Dublin with his girlfriend five years ago to study English, was trying to help a friend recover his stolen bike using a tracking device when he was struck by a Garda vehicle on Saturday afternoon. Protest took place yesterday in Dublin after the son of a Brazilian mayor had his leg severed following a collision with a Garda car on the M50. The young student was brought to Tala University Hospital, where his leg was amputated the following morning during surgery. Ireland's Brazilian community has responded with outrage to the incident and is calling for a full investigation into what happened. They also say that Mr Ferreira's life-changing injuries could have been avoided if more was being done by Gardaí to end the regular theft and vandalism of Deliveroo bikes and violence against their riders. Usually it's assaults, but it's more common for them to get their bike or motorcycle stolen. And now, Joao Ferreira's father, the mayor of the city of São José dos Campos in southeast Brazil, is travelling to Ireland to call for justice for his son. Journalist Isabella Boisha, who is covering the story for the Irish Times, spoke to Mr Ferreira's mother and girlfriend on Tuesday and asked, what happens next? She was crying a lot. She was saying, I don't understand why they did that with my little boy. This is In the News from the Irish Times. I'm Sarah Pollock. Today, why Ireland's food delivery riders have had enough. Isabella, over the bank holiday weekend, news emerged of a serious incident which took place on the M50 on Saturday afternoon when some delivery riders were attempting to recover a stolen motorcycle. Can you talk us through what happened on Saturday? Yes, of course. Uh, thank you for having me here today. So I've been spoken with some people that was present at the scene. So it's a practice between the Brazilian community to help each other in cases of bike stolen because it's a key part of the employment. What happened it was that João, among his friends, uh, they are gathered together to recover a stolen bike and they only could track the bike on Saturday around 12. So it was a group of them who went out together? Yes, it's a group, uh, maybe around like 15 people. Okay. But we are not sure how many was exactly there. And they've met close to Temple Bar and they started to drive to follow the GPS mm-hmm. tracking device. Mm-hmm. And in the way, they found uh, a guarder car and they asked for help. They entered to the M50 and close to the junction 11, the incident happened. What they described to us was one motorbike of the suspects fell on the ground and the guard had control over the situation, but two of them escaped through the woods. And then João uh, stopped his motorbike and did a sign with his hand pointing at the directions that the other two suspects escaped. And then it was uh, the moment that the Garda vehicle was going towards to him and hit him right of his right leg. They are saying that he was undercover because wasn't uh, an official Garda vehicle with the sign. And then they saw João uh, on the ground, bleeding a lot. They described to us 
in emotional way that was like a terrible movie that they never saw something like that before. So we know that Joao Ferreira, who's a 23-year-old Brazilian national, that he was seriously injured when he was trying to help locate this stolen bike. It later emerged that Joao had to have part of his right leg amputated when he went to hospital. Can you tell us a little bit about Joao himself and what he was doing in Ireland before all this happened? Uh, what we heard from his girlfriend, Julia Langneck, they moved here five years ago to study English and they met each other back in Brazil in their hometown, São José dos Campos, which is in the southeastern of São Paulo state. Mm-hmm. And they came here together with a dream to build a life here. Mm-hmm. So after they finished with the English studies, they went to college. Mm-hmm. So João is at, at college at the moment and has been working for Deliveroo since he's arrived here. You mentioned that he's here with his girlfriend, Julia Langenek, and she was the one who had to make that incredibly difficult phone call to his parents in Brazil to tell them about the accident. What did she tell you about that? So, yeah, uh, I spoke with Julia on Sunday and she was really desperate. She was uh, crying a lot over the phone and she said that was really tough for her because what she shared with us was that João, because he lost a lot of blood and his leg wasn't in a good condition as well, that could also prejudice other parts of his body. For sharing that information with João's mother, Sheila Tomás, and his mom wasn't understanding that it was serious that he could lose his leg. And for her, she was the one that was the next of kin. Yeah. So she was the one that made the decision. The first surgery that he needed to make straight away, he couldn't wait. He couldn't wait for his mom to come to Ireland for her to make this decision. And she said that she made the decision before her, his mom understand, understanding everything that was happening. So she made the decision about the amputation. The doctors asked her, they said that there was a chance he would die. Is that it? So what she said to me was that he could be at life risk if they didn't do the procedure. Mm. She also said that it was really hard to understand everything a lot of information to process yeah. and that is also the language barrier and she's really young she's a 22 old woman and for her she was saying that she never expected something like that to happen he was working he was helping someone he was a good boy and that she wanted to be with her family as well it's a feeling of impotence and his mother, Sheila Tomás, who you've mentioned, arrived in Ireland on Sunday and you've spoken to her as well. How is she coping with the shock of what's happened to her son? It was really a hard call because mm. she was crying a lot. She was saying, kept saying, I don't understand why they did that with my kid, with mm. my little boy. She said that when she heard the news, uh, she didn't think twice and her husband helped her organizing everything for her to come to Dublin as soon as 
she called. So she mm. flew out on Saturday at the same day that she heard the news. Mm. And she was like, was a lot of pain to see a kid in that situation that she couldn't help. She couldn't do nothing. She kept saying that he came here to follow a dream. Mm. And this happened. And then now she needs to take her son back without one of his legs. Meu filho veio para cá com um sonho e 18 anos de idade. E eu vou levar ele para casa agora com 23 sem uma perna. Entendeu? É isso. Joao is also the son of a man called Anderson Farias, who is the mayor of the city of São José dos Campos in Brazil. So he's quite well known. And as a result, this story is getting a lot of publicity in Brazil. What has the coverage been like in the Brazilian media? In Brazil, as soon as the incident happened and Anderson Farias shared in his social media, the Brazilian media was interested in the story. He's a politician since 1998. He's well known in Brazil and he has a big influence as well. So he wants to speak out and he wants the story to be told. And he spoke with a few TV broadcasting and also the social media. It's been crazy since everything happened, mm. especially because in Ireland we have a big Brazilian community. And they gather together to help each other and and they are spreading the news all over social media. What about here in Ireland? What has the reaction within the Brazilian community in Ireland been to this incident? I know that there's been a lot of discussions on WhatsApp and other social media platforms about it. So there is many WhatsApp groups from the Brazilian communities and also for those that who works directly with Deliveroo. I got the news, for example, from a WhatsApp group okay. on Sunday morning and the Brazilian community at the same time was like, we need to do something. So they organized a protest that happened close to O'Connor Street. They want justice, basically, is what they are saying because this is not the first time that something like that happened, involving Deliveroo or just eight riders. They say they are tired of waiting for a reaction from the Garda, for example. This incident has been referred by Gardi to the Garda Shikana Ombudsman Commission, or GSOC, because whenever a person is seriously injured or killed, when they have dealings with Garda members, this has to be investigated by GSOC. Have you heard any developments from that investigation or, or what's going on? Uh, we just got information from Global, a Brazilian media, that they started to listen to the eyewitness today. So it's the latest update actually that we have from them. Coming up, the harassment of food delivery riders on the streets of Dublin. I continue my conversation with Isabella Boisha after this break.
Isabella, you've written previously for us at the Irish Times about the experiences of Deliveroo riders in Dublin and how unsafe and vulnerable they can feel at times doing their job. In a piece that you wrote in September, you say that one of the first things a new Deliveroo driver gets when they start is a list of areas in Dublin to avoid. What kind of dangers do food delivery riders have to contend with on a regular basis in our capital city? They say they don't feel safe on Mm. streets anymore. They say what happens, usually it's assaults, but uh, it's more common for them to get their bike or motorcycle stolen. For them, it's really hard to be without working. So now they are taking actions regarding to that because they don't feel safe being migrants and then reporting a crime to the Garda as well. Because many riders today in Ireland because they are on stamp two visas holders, which according to the law, they can't work as self-employment, as self-employed, which is one of the rules of these platforms. You need to be self on self-employment basis to work for them. So they rent their accounts for other people. So that is a lot of cost for them to work, to be able to work is a lot of money. So Isabella, what you're saying is that a lot of delivery riders who come here, the visas they have don't actually allow them to be self-employed. So as a result, they rent permits from other riders so they can work as delivery riders here. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Uh, They rent delivery accounts from other people. So being that situation makes you vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it's hard to report a crime, for example. And some of them also is illegal here, which makes all the situation even worse. Of course. And then, Isabella, you've written that a lot of the bikes that these riders cycle don't actually belong to them. They rent them. So it's extremely important that they look after them and bring them back. Yes. Uh, Many of them, they can't afford to buy a new bike. So they rent from stores like Brazilian shops that rent bikes. Mm. They can also rent from other person or it's really, really hard to understand uh, the system Mm. because they have to pay an account. They also need to pay for the bike. They also need to pay for the battery that costs around like 70 euro per week. Okay. So they say for them to be able to work per week, they spend around 200 to 300 euro per week. Okay. Just to pay out their expenses. Like, so they have to work long hours to be able to continue like living here. Some of them, they are able actually to buy one bike. But for them to be able for that, they need to save. So it's like a hard work every day, you know. So it's it's really complicated. Among the riders, there seems to be a real lack of trust in the Gardaí. Why is that, Isabella? Most of them say because um, they have reported to the Garda many of times and they never heard back of mm. a proper investigation. And they say as well that they need a quick response regarding to the bikes. Mm-hmm. And they don't get that. And also because they don't see uh, a proper investigation or the guard taking seriously what happened. Deliveroo has said it offers security 
uh, to its riders through an app called Flare, which they can use to flag emergency support. But from your investigations for this paper, it seems that most delivery riders hadn't even heard of this app. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. We've asked many of riders about Flare and they say they never heard about it. Was the first time actually they heard was from us, not from the Deliveroo, for example. Do you know how this app Flare would work if they did use it? They say that they can report the incident, but Deliveroo, they didn't give a lot of information about this app as well. So we don't know exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. But they say it's a channel for them to report some any events that happens with them while working. Mm-hmm. And the Deliveroo would help them in the situation. But there is a problem about that as well. If you are holding a deliver account with a name and the incident happens with other person names, how the Deliveroo actually can act yeah. in that case? Because they say they are unaware of the fact that many of these people, they are holding a stamp to visa. So it's really complicated, all of things, because what happened with Juan is a consequence of many things that have been happening for years in Ireland. It's not something new. And on that, the protest on Monday it not only called for an immediate and thorough investigation into what happened to Joao on Saturday, it's also called for Garthi to take the safety of riders more seriously and to end this violence and robberies uh, that riders face. Is there any hope amongst the Brazilian rider community that things may actually change now? It's a tough question because I think it can, can be like 50-50. Mm. Some of them, they have hope because when they talk about Ireland, they talk about a dream and they want to stay. Mm. They don't want to go home now. They want to finish what they came here for. Mm-hmm. And others, they actually give up and come back to Brazil or other countries because this doesn't only happen with the Brazilian community. I think it's more related to migrants because they say it's not only the, the assaults, you know, it's the no action of the Garda regarding everything's happening. They don't have an answer. Sometimes they say if they report something even small, they don't feel the, the voices are heard by the government. Finally, do we know, Isabella, if the stolen motorbike from this week's incident was ever actually found? We don't have this information, unfortunately. Probably from the photos of the scene, the bike can be in the guard possession, but we don't have any information regarding to that. Even the, the people that we spoke to, they don't know. The person that had the bike stolen, he wasn't there. Okay. Because he couldn't drive, because he didn't have his mm-hmm. mo- motorcycle. So he wasn't there at the time, just Juan and his friends to help him to recover, like, a key part of like he's surviving here. Isabella, thank you so much for your time today. No problem. Thank you for having me. That's all for today. For more reporting on this story, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Sarah Hapalak. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan and John Casey. In the news, we'll be back on Friday.